Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Southside Baptist Church podcast. This is week three of our six-week Home Field Advantage series. In this episode, we'll hear from Rachel White, who is the founder and executive director of her song, Jacksonville. She's a licensed professional counselor and an ambassador and advocate for human trafficking survivors. Rachel has a long history of dedication to the well-being of women through ministry, spiritual care, and discipleship, which she says marries beautifully with counseling. She naturally offers compassionate care to others and is the lead counselor for the women who come to her song, while also providing visionary leadership for the organization. Rachel is leading her team to continue to fulfill the urgent need for survivors of human trafficking, to have a place to call home within a supportive, loving community, while they take steps to reclaim their lives by expanding programs and opening new homes in the future. Thank you so much, Ron, um, for that introduction. Um, I'm certainly not worthy of any uh, recognition. Um, You know, I am just thankful that God has worked um, through surrender. So um, I love coming to Southside. I love being with you. It's like coming home. I, when Gary invites me here, I'm always so excited. I think I hurt my husband's feelings because he's a pastor, and I'm like, yay, I get to go to Southside today. So I love coming and worshiping with you. You guys are love. That's what you are. I sat in a grow group, and I just, they welcomed my son and I in. My son is here with me today, and they just welcomed us in like we were family. And so, great job, church. Great job loving people. Um, Well, and also, thank you, Bill and Sarah. I know you guys um, have been a great connection in connecting the church with her song and the work that we're doing in the community. So, we really appreciate your time and efforts and energy there. Um, well, today, if, if you will, turn in your Bibles to uh, Proverbs 14, verse 1, and hold your finger there, um, and we're going to come to that here in a few minutes, uh, but first we're going to talk about Mother's Day. Hey, moms, it's all about you today. Work it. Get some lunch. If it's not too late for your kids to run out and get you something pretty that smells good or sparkles or something, um, dads, come on, help the kids do that, um, but... Today, more than that, it's, it's about him. I love Jesus. Can I just confess that to you this morning? I love him so much. And um, he is really the king of my heart. And um, he's the reason that I'm here. But I first want to tell you about my mom. And there's a picture coming up. And yeah, that's me before I had blonde hair. So you may not recognize me, but that is me. I'm the younger one in that picture. <laughs> um, but this is my mom. My mom is my hero. She is such an amazing person. She is so many things. And the things that she modeled me and that she taught me have shaped me. You see, in this small town out in West Texas, okay, now you know where I'm from and that's why I talk funny, um, but my mom created a home. She created a home for the four of us. I have a sister and two younger brothers. She worked hard as a teacher. She taught Sunday school. She led the children's choir. And she also led mission efforts both locally and across the Texas border into Mexico. Every summer, she prepared our family for a week-long trip crossing over the Rio Grande into a poor little village called El Mulato, Mexico. I looked it up on the internet. It's still there. But you know what? Only 16 people live there now. 
very small, almost deserted place. But my mom loved children. And we would go into this poor community with no running water. Uh, People lived in very crude mud-type homes, mud-brick-type homes. And she taught children about Jesus. She made friends in that community. Um, She ultimately laid the groundwork for the very first church to be built in that little community. Um, My mom would dedicate hours of her time in the summer when she was not teaching school to translating VBS materials into Spanish. So she would translate the Bible stories, all the songs. If the song wasn't good enough, she would write a song. And she would write these amazing puppet plays, which now to me I'm a little creeped out by puppets, but back then that was cool, you know. Puppets were so neat. And and she would write these puppet plays in Spanish. And she would actually get her sewing machine out and make puppets that were like really well done. My mom is very creative. But she would prepare these Bible lessons for kids of all ages. Um, And then she'd lead this team to prepare and to pray and then to go. Go to the poor. Go to the lonely. Go to the lost. This is my mom. This is my mom. My mom was a wise woman who built her house. Now, in 1970... On the heels of the civil rights movement in America, in my small town, um, my church met to have a discussion about allowing little black children to come into our church and go to Sunday school and worship with us. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? I know some of you remember those days. The meeting went late into the night, and I was only about four or five years old. Um, And at the time, I remember hiding under the pew, terrified by the loud white men's voices that opposed black people worshiping with us. You see, my town was divided by railroad tracks. The white people lived on one side of town. Across the tracks were the blacks and the browns and the poor people. My town was also divided by a terrible set of racist, prejudiced, biased, mental tracks. That colored people were lesser than, that they were not worthy. One man boomed out late that night, black men don't have souls. What tragedy, what heartbreak. I just remember being so terrified as a kid to hear this. And it was hard for me to understand the anger that was present in the room. Um, and, you know, at such a young age, it was, I felt it, but I didn't understand it. And, you know, you see, my mom had a friend. His name was Jeppy Wilson. And I loved Jeppy Wilson. It was hard for me to understand how people didn't love Jeppy Wilson. He was a black man living in a town full of prejudice and racism. But you know what? Jeppy loved Jesus, and joy just oozed from every part of him. He was my childhood hero. I would watch him throughout my entire childhood. I would watch him be treated so poorly, so unkindly. I would hear other white, I would hear white men calling him boy and snapping their fingers. And he always responded with such grace, with such kindness, with such love. I love Jeppy. My mom did too. And you know, back to the church scene, 
my mom couldn't stand for this injustice that was going on in our community. So she resolved that if the church would not allow the little black children to come in from the local children's home, then could we go to them? And so the church blessed her with resources and the church bus and Thursday night missions was born. And that's what we did on Thursday nights. And I'll tell you what, as a child, that was the highlight of my life. Going around in this white church bus, bus zigzagging up and down the streets on the wrong side of the tracks, collecting all the children and bringing them into the schoolyard and telling them about Jesus. Those were the days for me as a kid. We served up Kool-Aid and cookies, and my mom served up eternal life. And she told all the children, Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. The church might have been singing it, but my mama lived it. I'm so proud of her. You know, my mom showed me what courage to stand up for what's right looks like. She told me, showed me that even when we stand alone, we can cross over barriers knowing that Jesus is with us. He is a God of justice. You know, it's funny. When Facebook was a thing, I started getting all these messages on Facebook from people that were not just my age, but younger and older. And they didn't want to talk to me. They wanted to talk to my mom. They wanted my mom to know that because of her today, they know Jesus. They love Jesus. And they're walking with Jesus because of my mom. What a beautiful legacy she has left. And I am so privileged to be her daughter. Um, You know, my mom, hands down, has left the most indelible imprint upon my life. Singularly, the most influential person in my life besides the Lord Jesus Christ. My mom was a wise woman who built her house. And her love and dedication became a home base from which the world has been reached with the gospel. So, next slide is my family. There's what we affectionately call the wild bunch. Um, My first three children were born in three and a half years, and that was mayhem. It is a complete blur. My husband will say, remember when we did this or that? And I'm like, huh? You know, I just was busy loving kids, changing diapers, putting babies down for naps. And if I went to the grocery store, people looked at me with such pity or confusion. Like, lady, is something wrong with you? Like, how do you have all these kids, you know? Um, But we have had such fun. And and then a few years later, um, Hallie, the grand finale, was born. And our family was complete. And so um, when all of us get together, um, it's a lot of fun. Our kids still act like electric chihuahuas when they're all in the same room together. Um, They're really, really great kids. But we're loud and affectionate people. We love getting together. We love eating, gathering around the kitchen, Um, and uh, you know, my husband and I, we've been married 28 years, and 
you know, we're not empty nesters yet. I, I call it the season of the revolving front door. And, you know, kids are in and out and coming and going and who's home and you never know. And sometimes we're quite surprised that we're home alone and we're not sure what to do with ourselves. Um, you know, so I guess we're getting a snapshot of, of what it's going to be like to be those empty nesters. But we're in that phase where we're taking care of elderly parents and, you know, there's broken hips and, and dementia and mom's moving closer to where we live so we can care for them. So this is a, a very busy season of life, I'm sure, as many of you understand. But my personal mom experience has just been sheer joy. It has been. I mean, it's been hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it has been so hard. But every season of life, I have just stood in wonder and awe at, at these kids that, that came from my husband and I. You know, that how did this how did we get here? You know, I look at these beautiful lives and I've watched them mature and weather hard times. I've watched them be persecuted for their faith and yet continue to share the gospel. I've watched them struggle in relationships and now they're all young adults and, and they're wondering, what is my future? Where, where am I going? And so it's so fun to watch the Heavenly Father be faithful to my children. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how I got here. I felt so ill-equipped as a mother when I was beginning, um, and I just did what my mama taught me, you know, and, and she taught me well. But it's definitely by the grace of God um, that we are here today. So, now, your pastor titled this message, Home Field Advantage, and when I read that, I panicked. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know anything about baseball. Like, how am I going to tie baseball to the Bible? Oh, what am I going to do? So, you know, being the modern woman that I am, I Googled baseball, and I started reading some, some of the rules about baseball. And I, it didn't take me but, you know, under two minutes to figure out that uh, baseball is a very complicated sport. Um, and so I was pretty proud of myself that I came up with a, some, a title for the message. And that's about as far as we're going to go with, with baseball today. Um, you know, uh, I thought every illustration will break down at some point. Um, everything's going to break down because I have limited knowledge about baseball. And I would be standing up here in front of you a complete baseball poser. So here I am, not posing, okay? I am not a baseball poser today. So, But isn't the same thing true for parenting? Um, we may look like parents on the surface. We may have birthed children. Um, but a wise woman is going to intentionally and purposefully build her house. She is deeply invested in all the affairs of her home. So let's take a look at Proverbs 14, verse 1. A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears hers down with her own hands. So, let's pray. God, as we just reflect on your word this morning, and as moms, as we seek wisdom from you for parenting, Lord, would you just speak here this morning through your Holy Spirit, into the hearts of moms, no matter what age we are, Lord, we never stop being a mom. And I pray that your wisdom and your words would be what's lasting here today, Lord. And that through this encouragement from your scripture, we would pause and consider our role as a mom. And how we might surrender that to you and live in a way that pleases you and that builds up a house. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Well, so the power and privilege of parenting is massive. Can I just say that? Can, I, can anybody say amen to that? It's, you know, you think one day you're just going to flop back in the easy chair and go, Whoa, honey, we did it. Does that happen? I, don't, I heard some no's. I mean, I'm not sure if it does. Because, you know, as moms, we're just deeply invested in the lives of our children and then grandchildren and so on. So um, I also want to just say uh, as a disclaimer here that I am not a preacher. You know, Cindy Graves was ribbing me about, about preaching on Sunday. And I thought, oh, dear, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? And then I thought, you know what, Lord, um, may my life just preach your love and your amazing grace. And so I just come here today under that umbrella of God's love and amazing grace to share with you some, some ideas from the scriptures about raising children in hopes that it will inspire you to be the mom that God has designed you to be. So today I'm going to give you five ways that you can be a wise woman who builds her house. Before we start with these, I want to ask you, what does success in parenting look like? And have you defined it in such a way that it's something that you can break down into small daily goals? In other words, are you able to put into action? Are you able to put that into action in every season? What is the purpose of raising children? I like to think that raising them up to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love their neighbor as they love themselves is a pretty awesome goal for parenting. Not doable by yourself. (laughs) So um, I want to propose to you these five ways. And the first one is prayer. Prayer is our mindset for success. And you might think I'm talking about praying for your kids, and I am. But I'm also talking about your mindset because your prayer life affects everything about you. If you are in prayer, if we are in prayer, our disposition is set right for the day. We're ready for the things that are coming our way. We have a certain mindset, don't we, when we've prayed, when we've been alone with the Father. You see, prayer changes me. As a mom, it changes my heart, my desires, my satisfaction. It changes my patience, right? In John 15, 7, Jesus said if we abide in him and his words in us, we can pray whatever we wish and it will be done. Do we pray with that kind of confidence? So prayer is the beginning of how a wise woman builds her house. Now, we can never underestimate the power of praying for our kids um, over things great and small. Big picture in the now. Early years, you know, again, I felt ill-equipped to be a mom. I, had, I didn't have a whole lot, a lot of idea about what I was doing. Um, but all I did know was I was up a thousand times in the night. And this screaming little bundle of joy needed a diaper change and needed feeding. And, oh, I just wanted sleep. And the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and said, use this time to pray. And that began a pattern for me of just hanging over that little crib, not running to get back in my bed, but just hanging over that crib and praying the first and greatest commandment and the second and greatest commandment. 
over my kids over and over and over and in every season of life. And now a couple of decades later, I see the fruit of praying for my children in accordance with the word of God. Without prayer, we go astray. Let's face it, prayer and the word of God are our plumb line for keeping things straight. Without prayer, we say and do things we regret. We tear our houses down with moodiness, quarreling, impatience, hurtful speech, laziness, overindulgence, and the list goes on. So prayer really sets the tone for everything. The second one is preparing. This is basic training for parenting, the Bible. I met a lady at our church a um, couple of years back, and she had a big tattoo across her back from shoulder to shoulder. And she wanted the world to see it, obviously. And so I went up, and I said, what does this mean? And she had the word Bible in big letters across her back. And underneath it said, basic instructions before leaving earth. I was like, wow, that's pretty cute. I like that. But it's the truth. The word is how we train ourselves and our children. So Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. For some people, this is bitter. Because you think, wow, I did everything I could. And it still didn't work out right. And I think this verse is used in some ways to bring shame and guilt. Um, But I also think that maybe we misunderstand what this verse means. To train up meant to put something in the mouth of. So when a baby was born, the Hebrew midwives would take that little baby and they'd put their little finger up in the roof of its mouth and stimulate that sucking reflex because if a baby was hungry, it would thrive. And this is just a picture of at an early age stimulating the desires within your child so that they can thrive in every way, not just spiritually, but yes, spiritually, but in every way. So at an early age, we stimulate those desires in our kids to know a loving God, um, to, to learn, to explore, to discover. And so we train and educate their minds. We train them in virtue and in character. We help them see the big picture of God and his work in the world and his great, great love for them. And we also are training them according to their unique traits and their capacities. Big brother or big sister may not have the same traits and capacities as little brother or little sister. And so as moms, we zoom in and we become keenly aware of how our kids are wired and we train accordingly. Deuteronomy 6 sets a practical example, um, and you can look this up later, um, but it does set a practical example for us of teaching while we walk and talk and live together. This is the best way that kids will be taught but also catch your faith. Parenting is a 24-hour duty, and, and the mindset for success is through prayer. And the intentional, intentional training will help you build a strong house. A couple more things about basic training. For kids, it's so important to have praise. Praise will build your kids' confidence. Um, they need to know that you admire them. They need to know that you see their unique qualities. 
Um, You're the example of what a trusting, loving relationship looks like. That's called attachment. So I want to encourage you moms, attach strongly to your children. They need that tender, loving connection that only you can provide. Dads do this too, but I'm here for moms today. Lack of praise and admiration and love will tear your house down quickly. And oftentimes, you know, Proverbs says where words are many, sin is not absent. And us girls, man, we have the gift of words, don't we? And so we have to be so careful with our words because being legalistic, too strict, expecting too much of a child according to their age, harsh discipline, and any kind of abuse will tear your house down. Telling a child that they're bad or using the Bible to berate your child is a mistake. Praise nurtures the confidence of a child. Now, secondly in basic training is preparation for war. Did you know we're in a war? We are in a war against biblical Christian values. And this is a terrifying time to raise children, I might say. If we're going to raise up a generation of healthy, whole adults to be effective in God's kingdom, then we must wake up to this reality as parents. So can I just talk about a sensitive subject for a minute? Can we take it seriously to teach our kids about sexual things? You know, if we don't teach our kids about God-given sexuality and the tie of our sexuality to character and our relationship with God and the deep impact that it has upon our soul, then they're going to get an education from the world, from the Internet, from movies, from their friends at school. And I just believe that teaching biblical sexuality is so key in healthy homes and in healthy churches. And in this world today, the church should be the clarion voice for this issue because God designed it and he created it. Um, And the problem that we have as parents is that we're too trapped in our own experiences and our own remorse and our own guilt to get on God's page. It's so important that we get on God's page on this issue and we talk to our kids about it. Thirdly, in parenting, practice, practice, practice. You know, we don't get it right the first time, second time, third time, but keep showing up. Keep practicing. You know, if athletes need to practice over and over and over to win a game, don't we need to keep practicing our parenting skills over and over? We need to learn. We need to read books. We need to show up for the parenting conference coming up. We really need to do those things. And our kids need to see us practicing our faith. Um, Not being religious, not going through the motions, but real faith lived out in the ups and downs of life. You know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If your kids imitated you, how would they turn out? What would they look like? Practicing to win also means that we discipline our children. Now, this is challenging. We often discipline in ways that we were disciplined. And some of those are hurtful and harmful. So this is an important thing for us to revisit and make sure that we're doing age-appropriate discipline. And, you know, how we handle discipline in our homes teaches kids about the grace and mercy of God. So important that we help our kids see also that we are in need of grace. 
that sometimes God disciplines mommy and daddy and helps us get back on the right course and shows us grace and mercy as well. And fourthly, presence. Your presence. Show up for the game of raising kids. Don't be absent. Dial into your kids. If your kids are lonely, depressed, and anxious, something is wrong. And you have within your power to build a strong emotional connection with that child by being present in everything that you can be present in. Um, You're going to show them how to show up for people that you love. And they're going to repeat that pattern in their family as well. So be present and show up for the game. When I first started working with with trafficking victims, I did not realize um, how much the root of the problem goes back to the issues of the family. You know, I understood human trafficking as a criminal problem and saw the devastation of it. But the root of that is a breakdown of the family. You see, from a very early home life, you've got these young ladies with no mama, no daddy, or an absent mom, an absent dad. You've got drug addiction potentially in the home. You've got abuse going on. And these children have hardwired within them a desire to be loved, to be cared for. And if we're not doing that as parents, we're setting our kids up for failure and a lot of heartache. And this is how traffickers lure girls into their power and control is they meet the longings not only of their life their practical needs but they meet the longings of their hearts so we need to be present not just for our own kids but for other kids too a wise woman builds her house by showing up and finally perseverance in parenting you know we're in this for the long haul you know it's a long haul to raise kids um and I want to encourage you today, even if you're, you feel like you're in a losing streak as a parent, don't give up. Don't give up. Our parenting style changes as our kids age. We move from being very directive and involved. Sometimes we're hover moms. We're a little too directive. But we progress as parents, or we need to, to where we're coaching on the sidelines. And our kids are in the game of life, and we turn into a coach. And we're like, hey, I'm here if you need me. I've got advice if you need it. I can help. I can come alongside. But in and out of seasons, uh, we need to be, we need to persevere. And I just want to encourage you that, that God's not finished yet. He's not finished. If you have a wayward child, please don't give up praying for your child. Don't give up believing God. With him, all things are possible. And don't you know his heart is for your child wherever they are and whatever they're going through? And just continue to let your life preach Jesus and show love to them even though they might have just made the same mistake a hundred times, be faithful and persevere. Build your house with perseverance and faithfulness. Well, just in wrapping up today, you know, for all of us women, young or old, mothering is desperately needed in the world today. My mom was a beautiful example of a woman who not only built a home for her children, but she invited others into that home. 
I sat in another room watching my mom sit at the kitchen table with various women who were brokenhearted, who were lost, with her Bible open, sharing the gospel with them, wiping away their tears, holding their hand, comforting them, and praying with them to give their heart to Jesus. Something about that lit a fire in me that nobody can put out. And I would just encourage you as a woman that mothering is needed outside the walls of your home. Take your mothering skills to this community, to children that don't have parents, to women that are human trafficking victims, to your workplace. Use those strong, nurturing, loving skills to bless the world that God has placed you in. Women, let's build our houses with wisdom, could we? That, that will change the world. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that our homes would be a reflection of your kingdom. That we would surrender ourselves to you as parents, to be the parents that you desire us to be, Lord. I just pray that our homes would also become an extension of your grace in a lost world. I pray that we would steward our homes well, steward these parenting years well. Father, help us in all that we do to be a beacon, a light shining in the darkness of the world through loving our children, through building up our homes, and through taking our mothering and nurturing skills out into the community. Help us to be vessels through which the world is drawn to Christ. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you live in the Jacksonville area, we'd love to engage with you during our Wednesday or Sunday gatherings here on campus. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to this podcast and download our free app by searching SSBC Jacks in the App Store or in Google Play. You can get access to our recent messages and keep up with all that's going on here at Southside. For directions, for service times, and information about our wonderful next-gen children environments, please visit us at ssbc.org.